1: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy 30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan
0: Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman training camp week two. We are off and running Logan and you sir have been diving into the tape. You have yeah. been charting things. Specifically, passes, which is good because if you were charting runs, this would not be a very long episode. Of They have started to work a little bit of the run game. And, of course, the pads come on. We're recording this on Monday, uh, Tuesday. The pads go on. So we will have a really fun episode later this week, kind of taking a look at the first uh, padded practices with offensive line defensive line being on much more even playing field how everything else gets affected but logan uh what we can do today is take a look at how the quarterbacks have performed so far how the o-line has held up uh, given the circumstances and then the the ongoing battle probably the most fun battles going on right now in camp dbs versus wide receivers so much talent on both sides of the ball but uh, when you started looking at, at specifically Sam Howe, we'll get to Brissett in a second. But when you start looking at Sam Howe and any patterns starting to emerge of things he's doing well, areas of concern, etc., through the first couple of days of camp,
2: yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to kind of talk about you know Sam Howe and the O line kind of back to back here in these segments. But you know, one of the things that sticks out to me is just there seems to be you know, like when you just watch it, when you're just watching practice, you're like, oh, that ball is completed, oh, that was on time, oh, this looks good in seven on seven. Like I went back and charted team blitz and most of the team pass, like just team, they call it team period. So run and passes kind of like a pseudo scrimmage, but it's scripted the last three days. And one of the things that stood out to me is this, like there seems to be like a lack of just like, I don't want to say lack, but like not a super detailed kind of understanding of the offense. And what I mean by that, there was a play where, you know, he's got, they've got a five man protection Defense is obviously rushing six. The ball needs to get out to the back. He's late to the back, and the ball is tipped and it's batted down. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> to me, it's like if he's on his stuff, if he's like super dialed in, that ball is out right now. Like because Jacoby Brissette had basically the same, not the same play, but a very similar play of uh, five man protection, six man rush. He he sees it right away. There's no hesitation. Right when the ball is in his hand, he flicks the ball to the back, and it's probably a five yard game. And like when I was watching Kansas City film, that was something that I thought they did a really good job of as a coaching staff, you know, Andy Reid, the whole staff kind of basically saying like, hey, you know, when like getting the ball out of the quarterback's hand is more than just having a concept that gets the quarterback, gets the ball out of the quarterback's hand. It's like, also, how do I teach the quarterback when he needs to get the ball out of his hand and when the protection is going to be deficient? So to me, that was one of the things that stuck out to me. I just was like, there's some little stuff like that, like little details that, you know, maybe could be a little bit better. And and I think the other thing that's important to kind of note is like, um, you know, his offensive line is, is kind of going through it a little bit right now. And we'll talk about that more with the offensive line, but just not as crisp, not as sharp like Jacoby on Friday was, or Saturday was really, really dialed in, right? You know, they got a, they got a pressure. He's hot balls to Jahan or not not John, number 83, I don't know his name, but ends up being a big play. I think it's Kyrick McGowan. Yeah, McGowan. ends up being a big play, right? And it's off of a nothing. It's just like, catch, I know I'm hot, balls out. Great job, right? Or anticipating a throw, right? Or anticipating the leverage on a choice. And it just just seemed a little bit like there's a guy in Jacoby Brissett who has played a lot of football, is playing with, I would say, a better offensive line to defensive line ratio. And we can talk about that more in a minute. And obviously not playing against like the best coverage group, you know? And it's like, he just looks like he got really comfortable. He did have a really bad interception on Friday where they kind of are running all verticals from like a, a split back field, you know? And the back's kind of trying to hit the seam <clears throat> and he throws a pick versus Tampa Two. So it's not like he's been perfect, but I just say there's like that, it's something that we talked about, like that professionalism that, you know, mm-hmm. he's been in the league for seven years, like that he just gets some of that stuff and I do think that the second offense is a little bit better than the second defense right now, partially because he's, he's helming it.
0: Right. And, you know, this is the kinds of things, you know, we've talked about this uh, a couple of things that you've touched on a million times before, right? It, when Logan Paulson got to play in the fourth preseason game back Uh-oh. in the day, just killed it because you were you were better than everybody else on the field you're out there with all the first teamers and you're like okay maybe i'm not maybe i'm not a starter at this point in my career uh you know whatever Whatever and and you're out there yeah yeah yeah, okay i see why jordan reed excels and maybe i'm i'm doing i'm blocking my face off Uh, but you get out there against the four stringers that aren't going to be on a roster in a week when you were definitively a roster uh nfl player same thing jacoby Brissett is a starting caliber player with a ton of experience Going against backups who are not having a ton of experience, and right. that is going to matter in these settings. Um, so that's that's thing one. Thing two is it is important to understand the context of training camp in general. And Ron, right. I thought put this really really well. I think it was on Thursday last week where he just flat out said like there are throws Jacoby made as a veteran, and it turns out Sam was actually doing some of the same stuff. And he would come to us after, and you're like, hey man, why did you do that? He's like, well, I knew I had the first read. I wanted to see if I could get to the second. Um, and maybe that wasn't like first or second read in terms of progression, but like I knew I had the safe thing. I wanted to see if I could do the dangerous thing and turns out I can't, but I knew, I knew yeah. what I was doing. Right. And so there, there are elements of that that are, that could be happening as well. Sure, and, sure. and you might be able to see that on tape of like, you know, you watch the helmet stripe and it's like, oh yeah, he saw it. Then why did he turn it down? Well, it's because he wanted to see if he could get the, the, the bigger play uh, but he knows at least that he can't do that. Now he's got to make that change and and we got to see it the next rep, the next time they run that play, you know, as, as camp goes on, like you got to start practicing, doing the right thing and stop experimenting. But those are some of the context of, of training camp that happens here. And I think a lot of that is going to lead to like, if Jacoby already knows some of those answers, he's going to look better right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the last, the last thing I'll say <clears throat> is this is When you look at the physical skills of Sam Howe, that's not going to be the reason why he fails. Like, he's got a great arm. He's super mobile. Like, there's so many good things. The thing that we just don't know, and we won't know until the regular season for real, but we're not going to even have a moderately decent idea of until the Baltimore practices, is how quickly he can process it. And that would be my question for you is, like, how much of that are you able to see right now where this is clearly a guy that's not up to speed? Hopefully, it's just not up to speed yet but it's not up to speed of what it takes to play quarterback at the NFL level.
2: Yeah, and I, and I will say there is a distinct, distinct difference between that first defense and that second defense. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they, you know, the old adage with defense is pressure burst, burst pipes. And you see that, right? You get guys who, <clears throat> you know, it's not necessarily – the starting four defensive linemen, we're having a tremendous camp. Like so, they're doing a great job, and that's something we're going to talk about in a minute. But it's also, hey, like the safeties hold the rotation a little bit more. The the blitzers are a little bit faster. They know how to fit the blitz. They know how it works off the rush. And so that interesting rush the other day, where I don't remember the exact pattern, but basically the back uh, who was Gibson looked to the right because there was someone in the A gap, and that person was tearing out of there to go kind of get into the, I think it was like a a Tampa 2 look. So he's the Tampa 2 player from the line of scrimmage, which is like high-level varsity stuff, right? And so instead of immediately snapping to his next protection responsibility, he kind of lingers there because he's kind of diagnosing. And then all of a sudden he gets the protection late. Sam's kind of got this person in his lap. It's probably a sack. The ball's out later than he wants to because he's kind of navigating this off his back foot. And it's an interception by Emmanuel Forbes that everyone was talking about on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. So like, is that is that his fault? Kind of, like, don't throw that ball. But also, like, there was a, a comedy, or not a comedy, but a, a kind of a sequence of things that happened that I guess, I would say Jacoby doesn't have to negotiate, right? Because you're not going to get this really well-disguised look where the back kind of misdirects his vision and then get back, gets back to his actual responsibility late. You're not getting that same type of of pressure from the defense, so I think he's. I think from an operational standpoint, you feel pretty good about where he's at. But there are some things to his game. There are some things for the offense. That you're like, man, that's something that that has to be kind of remedied and cleaned up. And I know that, and I know for a fact, Eric Bannem is going to try and clean that up. I know for a fact, Sam Howell is going to try and clean it up. But I think with a younger player, it's always something that you're like, it. Like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to click for him? And you know, I haven't watched practice today yet from we're recording this on Monday, so I haven't watched Monday's practice yet. We're going to review that in Wednesday's pod. But that's always something I'm watching, especially in Team Blitz, because that's like where you're, you're getting high level understanding of what's going on. And I will say and I can't get too schematically detailed here because of like the rules of working just just so
0: people understand, like we can talk about a lot of stuff, but part of the reason that we're allowed to as media cover practice is there's an, a written understanding. This is not an unwritten rule, a written understanding that we will not give away a competitive advantage to other teams. So we'll be as detailed as we can without doing that.
2: Right. And so like, you know, the defense is is installing Cinco and they just did some really cool, creative stuff off that Cinco package that I haven't seen them do. And, you know, they're working through some stuff too. They're trying stuff out. They're trying different looks And you can tell there were times where it was like, man, I didn't think that guy was going to be here. I didn't think this drop was going to be there for Sam. And Jacoby has played enough football versus different defensive structures where it's not like this shocking thing. And also it's like the low def version of the defense. Like when you watch the ones go, you're like, whoa, like that disguise is sick. They get there really fast. You get guys like Cam Crow holding stuff way longer than I would feel comfortable holding it. And then they're there when the ball is there, right. Or they're there to break the pass up or whatever it is with the young guys. It's like, man, I got to be in this cover two shell. I'm going to be in cover two, And so Jacoby, I think has an ability to kind of diagnose that a little bit easier because the, 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 the opponent isn't as sharp and that's not their fault. They're all new to the defense. Like one of the things we've talked about with the defense over the last couple of days, is like, they've been super, like this is the third year of the scheme, right? They've, they are kind of, Remember, we always talk about with the offense and Kyle Shanahan, like it takes three years to learn a scheme, like they're in it and they're detailed right. and they've worked together. And like some of the stuff they're doing on the defensive line, like, oh my gosh, it's it's awesome. And so like this this new offense is contending with this I, a guy. It's like a veteran fighter, you know, like it's just a different type of deal. They're battle hard and they know what they're doing. And this group's still kind of learning how to how to walk a little bit. And I think you see some of that difficulty With Sam because then you get to seven on seven and it cleans up a little bit you know because there's no rush like he can see it a little bit better and so like that's kind of where I'm at with Sam Howell and Jacoby
0: what was the last day I was at practice I think it was Thursday yeah it was Thursday and literally the first thing I wrote down I just kind of watched seven on seven I don't and maybe I wrote down like some of the the, the defensive back rotations and stuff but my first like major note was whoa Big difference, 7-on-7 seven seven to 11-on-11. 11 11. Yeah. And it's like four first-rounders up front against an offensive line that doesn't have a lot of experience together and yeah. might not be good. We don't know yet. That's not me saying they're bad. We don't know yet. Uh, makes a big freaking difference. Yeah. And I guess I was – like, I caught flack from, you know, the the, the commenters, if you will, from, from whoever callers uh, on the radio that – it's like, "Oh, everyone says Sam's awesome except for you. Why are you oh. like so down on Sam?" And I was like, I, look, I'm just, I, I don't exchange notes necessarily with right. other folks. Which is probably
2: the right way to do it because it's your yeah, like I,
0: You know, occasionally we're talking on the sideline and, you know, the conversations I had, I was surprised because, we like, we all we all saw that, right? <laughs> like, we all saw that that wasn't a particularly good period, right? Yeah. And it's okay. Like, a, again, it's context of saying, like, it's not a good period and it's not really that concerning yet because of all the reasons that we've laid out. But I was surprised at how high people were on how. Um, and like his performance as if they were grading it out, you know, in this vacuum of training camp and it's like, yeah, "Yeah, he's good. I'm like, no, he's, it's not concerning, but it's not like, it's not like he's been killing it. And there was, there's, I think Logan, a lack of like crispness. There's this lack of like snappiness, lack of timing that when Brissette is out there, you definitely see a little bit more. You see it a lot more, or at least I did on Thursday, um, and seven on seven, like I think their seven on seven period on Thursday was the best that I've seen. Again, I was yeah. only there for Wednesday, Thursday. Um, they obviously practiced again Friday, and then Saturday. Um, they had ten thousand fans there, and the whole deal. They practiced again this morning, so I'm yeah. missing a couple practices in, in my uh, my Bio. checklist yeah. here. But um, that seven on seven period, you see it, and you're like, okay, I, I he he definitely knows the offense uh, pretty yeah. well. Like he definitely can read through it, but can he do it at the speed that's you know, necessary when a, a Chase Young or a Montez Sweat is, is coming down your throat, yeah. that's TBD. And obviously the offensive line can play a big role in that. And I guess the thing I would ask you is like, have you been on teams where specifically the defense is way like really amazing defense. And then you guys are thinking on the offensive side, like we are in deep crap going into this season. And then all of a sudden you realize that it's because your defense was that good. And you know, maybe it actually helps you because you're, you're battle tested and you're used to playing at a speed that you don't even have to play at once you play a a non elite defense.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to remember there was for sure a year that way. I I guess it would be San
0: Francisco or Atlanta.
2: San Francisco, Atlanta, I, I knew that, like, because I'd been other places, I knew the defense wasn't that good. They were talking like the defense was really, really good. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, I just, I just this... knew
0: that Dan was there. So I figured that might have been one of the options. So I don't remember what year. The defense exactly
2: schematically was. is good. But I remember, like, yeah. there's like, this is like a little bit of a tangent, but like when you go to a new team and they've got like their guys, you know, and this is one of the benefits of being in a place for one year because you get to see like how teams talk about themselves each year. Like, I went to Chicago after being here. And basically, like, you know, Fox got up there, the head coach, and was like, you know, this is one of the best teams I've been a part of. Like, we're, we're ready. We're going to, like, win the division. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, you could just tell. Like, like, like the, the roster, the coaching, it wasn't where it needed to be. But, like, you're so close to it as a coach, you can't step back and see it. And I had just been with, you know, like, that offensive line in 2016, which was, like, Trent, you know – uh sheriff Sheriff, like all and I was like that is a group you know and they were talking about their group in the same way I'm like they're not the same you know they're talking about their defense and so um so when you're like right up against something it's hard to tell but I'm trying to think I think it was I want to say it was like 2011 or 13 like we were getting our maybe 12 might have been 12 we were getting our butts kicked in practice like absolutely kicked and then we kind of got to our first game. I forget it was against yeah New Orleans, and we were like, "Yeah,
0: 2012." So it's New Orleans, and I
2: was like, "Oh God, like we're good." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like one of those things where it's like, yeah. "Man, like we kind of sucked. Like it's because the defense they see the zone read, they have a plan for it, and it's just hard to do that stuff. They know you're an outside zone, they know your play action stuff, and then we got that first game, and it was just like, "Whoa!" Like this is totally different than. Uh, than, and it was e- like the game was easier than practice. And so I'm hoping because like it, it, it forces you to get better. I'm hoping that this that this team is like that, that the defense is just they're going to pick on the offense a little bit and it's going to help them turn a corner into something that is a is better than what they are right now.
0: Yeah. This is where Ron has to be a head coach and he's done this in the past. So this is not me like throwing shade at Ron. This is, this is actually me knowing something that Ron's done, or at least having heard that he's done this before. And at some point you tell the defense to back off a little bit and like, Hey, Hey, Chase, like you look great, man. I'm really proud of you. Montez. You guys are crushing it. Dial it back a little bit. We need to let our offense operate. And cause you do need to get like, it gets to a point where like, yes, you have to practicing against the best is great. Iron sharpens iron, but if you're not quite iron yet, all you're doing is getting cut. And so you have to actually be able to practice. And this is where, you know, maybe not, Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the first couple of days in pads, but eventually at some point, if the defense just keeps thrashing the offense every day, it's not even like they're thrashing them right now, but if, if it's getting to a point where you're not getting the work in offensively that you need, you might tell that one defense to dial it back a little bit. You could also put the one offense against the two defense. Like There are things you can do as a head yeah. coach that don't even involve going to specific players and be like, hey... Chill out a little bit, uh, to to organize some wins for your offense and allow them to get the work in that they need. Or the other way around, if your offense, yeah. you know, if you're if you're the Chiefs' defense and Mahomes is just dicing you every day, like you might do the same thing in reverse if you're in Kansas yeah. City, for instance.
2: I was about to say, like, you're you're already seeing a little bit of that, like the last three or four plays of Sam's run, like with the ones as the quarterback, it'll be you know, like Casey Tuhill, James Smith, Williams. You know, Ridgeway, Big Phil in there, F.A. Obata, and so it allows them a little bit more efficiency offensively. You know, to your point, and, I'm, and I don't know if that's planned. They might have been doing that since the beginning, but it felt like on Saturday they started kind of incorporating some of that. Just and and I guess we can talk about the defensive line now. Is that cool, or do you want to? Yeah, no, by all yeah. means.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: So basically like they put in their cinco front on Friday and it was just like, you know, that's their five, five defensive line front. So it's like, it was the four,
0: four first rounders and big Phil is like the, the number one
2: version of that. Right. Yeah. And it was crazy. So like, basically it's like, it's, let me think if I can remember who it was, it was sweat, pain, big Phil, John Allen and then Chase Young, uh, left to right, and it was just like <laughs> the offense, like and they were bringing pressures and doing exotic stuff, and the offense, the offensive line, basically like every play of that series, like I'm probably being a little hyperbolic, someone lost a one on one, you know. Someone lost a one-on-one. Where it Which, as a at.
0: reminder, is why you do that, right? Yeah. Like, if you if you have five down linemen, then your protection call is pretty easy. Each of your five offensive linemen gets one of those D linemen, and you can't double-team anywhere unless right. you want to keep a tight end or a back end.
2: Yeah, and you can you can work slides, and there's ways around it, but it's, it's tough. It gets you out of what you want to be doing in terms of getting eligibles out, like we've talked about before. And it was just crazy, and it wasn't just, like, straight rushes. It was like they were running – ETs, like where the end is picking for the tackle, and then TEs where the tackle is picking for the end. And they were running like natural stunts where, you know, the three technique gets high and the end comes underneath. And it was just like tough, man, because I actually think like Charles Leno has done a really, really nice job on chase this camp of like, you know, it's probably like 50-50 or 60-40 in favor of Leno. But it's like every day Leno's pulling something out of his bag you know, it's like, hey, you know, I got Chase, I got a jump set. this, I got a B set, I got a vertical to a jump. And it's just like, you can see a veteran football player cultivating a plan for a young rusher. And Chase has done a good job of, of kind of meeting him and forcing him to do that stuff, which is great. <clears throat> but on this Cinco day, they just basically ran so many TEs. And Sadiq Charles had such a hard time, like kind of passing that because I like got on a, on a stunt, right? The guard needs to be super aggressive, kind of punch the stunt flat, so the tackle can overtake it. And then then the, the guard can uh, pass off to the defensive end who's coming around the other way. Right. And it just, they couldn't get it blocked. And it was, it was tough. It's tough sledding. Cause it's, you got a really experienced guy in Leno who I think is, is again, I, thought, I think he's had a really good camp and I think Sadiq to his credit had a rough probably first two days. And then I thought you saw something kind of spark in him, right? You saw him kind of develop a plan. So both those guys I think over the last two days have definitely improved. and I think Leno's had a solid four days, but like, it's just that it's that group is so good on the other side that it's really challenging. Same thing with Wiley, right? Wiley and Montez, like, they're going to blows. And you can tell Montez has come out with some different pass rush stuff. And Wiley, you know, they don't have pads on, obviously, so it's tough. But it's like, you know, that's a tough matchup. And Wiley's had to jump and be and do some different stuff. And Montez has met that and, and done a good job. And then Big Phil, I had a nice rush. I think that's the thing I forget about Big Phil is that, like, he – Is a big man. Obviously, you don't get a nickname like Big Phil not being a big dude. Um, But he has a little bit of pass rush juice to him. So he hits um, he hits Nick Gates with like a stutter, like wiper, basically, and ends up getting the pressure. And I was like, you know, as much as I love Ridgeway and Ridgeway's elite at stopping the run, you don't get that same pass rush juice, you know. And so then you get Fa Obata, who's been rushing from the three technique, and that group's just awesome. So that being so really outstanding job in those passing the team pass team blitz situations i will say the offense had a team run period the other day and absolutely gutted that defense so like obviously like there's a little bit of you know like nobody's perfect right mm-hmm. and i think for Which how It's kind of what you want yeah yeah but i you know like and they and they they ran some kind of pin pull stuff and you could tell that the defense hadn't been working fits too much there were some open gaps led the big plays and i'd say they probably had three or four what i would characterize as explosive runs and it's hard to tell in practice because you don't know if that if that arm tackle pulls the back down or whatever but it was it was a pretty impressive day from a run standpoint but the past stuff and again i think that speaks to some of the issues that that sam again i think sam has been pretty sharp like some of the issues we talked about right but I think overall, um, that that's a tough that's a tough group to work against because there's a lot of stuff in your face, there's a lot of color, and it just makes it really challenging. So.
0: For sure. Um, it's funny you say the arm tackle thing, and I just have all these visions of Duran and John making arm tackles last year where, like, you have a 230-pound back <laughs> who hits the hole, and John just, like, does a bicep curl in his face. <laughs> and it's just like, that, the guy's dead. Like, how did, yeah. how did you do that, John Allen? And by the way, you just mentioned so many guys who were playing so well, you didn't even mention John Allen, which is, yeah. like, that who, shows and, you the depth.
2: Who's, I'm sure, having a great camp because he's and, John Allen. And he's probably been, I don't know, like, the most consistent in terms of wins, you know? Sure. Like, he's awesome. He's and John he, Allen. He's John Allen, and I think he's got some new stuff in the bag that looks really cool for him. And again, poor Sadiq, man, like that's a tough that's a tough day at the office. And you know, Chris Paul's been getting some rotation in there as kind of that Cosme for Cosme and for Sadiq. So it's yeah. not just like Sadiq, and he's done a nice job too. So yeah, I'm I want to go through that. the O line in a yeah, second. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, no, let me ask you this first, real quick, before we get into like the individuals of the O line. Yeah. A lot of our confidence that this offense is going to be all right is on the enemy as a play caller and his ability to insulate Sam and the O-line. So yeah. how much of that is actually even at play at this point in camp? Because they have run, you know, some of this is like you know, the jet sweeps and things like that, yeah. the motions to keep team or a team's off balance. I don't feel like they've used as much of that. You know what's in the offense. They've used it some, you know, and just again, we have to be a little bit general here. Um, but how much of this is... The fact that you're dealing with kind of still a scaled down version of the playbook versus and, and like scaled down periods that you're not setting up plays in the first quarter that you're going to you know hit in the third kind of thing. Like how much how much is play calling even a factor at this point in training camp?
2: Oh, it's basically like none. You know, it's not there's no yeah. game. There's no game plan. Like it's just right. like and that's part of the that's part of the thing that's tough about it. it is like yeah. you, you run probably, a play
0: then you run another one and they're not connected other than just like it's the next play on the list to run
2: and you probably coach the concept versus the defense you're expecting to a certain extent, but it's like versus our team. Like if I was game planning for them, like based on what, based on what San Francisco did last year, like I'd get into some heavier personnel groups to throw the football because you're going to get Cinco as the response to stop the run, which makes a lot of sense, right? You run a lot of play pass, you run a lot of max pro, you create a lot of space, you stress the linebackers out and there's, and that's what Kansas city likes to do too, right? When they played uh Denver last year, they were in like a lot of heavier personnels, like multiple tight ends, fullbacks, because it elicited a specific response. And so there's none of that going on. There's no like chip help. There's no like anything. It's like, hey, it's day two install. We're running this. And I, I think we've talked about this before. Like sometimes you just get a bad install crossover. Like you, I think you want the coordinators to communicate. So they're kind of ready, but sometimes like we got Cinco in and we're doing, our six man pro and we're going to bring some like six and seven man protect like blitzes and stuff. Like that's a bad day. You know what I mean? Cause you just don't have the stuff. And the fact that you can't run the football, I think is also, you, you can run the football, but that's not a priority of the offense, you know, in, in the same way that it's been in years past. Um, and I think, I think they will run the football. I think that's going to be something they do, but they just, it, in the way the practice is structured and it makes sense. Like why are we going to run the football and no pads, you know, like, right, like it doesn't,
0: you can't like, practice the blocking the way it needs to be practiced.
2: Right. And so that makes sense. So like when all that stuff kind of gets folded back in, the keepers get a little bit better. There's more uh, pull on some of the fakes because you can hand the ball off to those guys. Cause they're handing the runs off. I think it just gets a lot better. You know what I mean? It's just going to get a lot better. So um, I'm, if, if, you know, if you're asking me if I'm concerned and a lot of people have asked me like, no, you know, like I'm not really yeah. concerned yet. Like um, <clears throat> I think, Like I said, there's going to be, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of game planning still left to go. And I think that group's going to be elevated by that. So it's like, while he's a pro, he'll figure it out, especially with EB kind of once EB's game planning, right? Um, Leno, I think he's look good. Gates has looked good. Cosby has flashed some really, really nice stuff. But again, he's moved to a new position. So there's some lumps there. So Deke's the guy that I think has had probably the toughest run of four days. But again, he goes against the best player in the defense every day. So it's like that's tough. So I think ultimately, like, as the game planning gets better, you know, in like I said, in the team run period, it was like, this looked like, you know, the hogs, like that's, it just, it's, it's kind of goes ebbs and flows. The defense isn't repped out a ton. I know the offense is doing has been, has been doing like offensive run walkthrough. So they were really ready to go for those looks and you know, they won the period I would say, but yeah. And that's, that's, that's a good thing because when that all blends together, that means the offense is going to be a little bit more well-rounded. The defense can't tee off as much, all that kind of stuff. So,
0: Yeah. So, all right, let's quickly run through the offensive line personnel okay. yep. and just how are we doing, any red flags. So I was trying to think also to training camp last year, and, like, people were starting to raise uh, wave the red flag a yeah. little bit on Carson, and it was like, hey, uh, eventually this is going to get better, right? Turns yeah. out the answer was No. Um, but I don't think that there's any red flags this time of year for anybody. Nevertheless, the quarterback or any of the guys we're about to talk about, but right. let's run through it. Leno, you think's had a good camp.
2: I think, I think he's been good. And you know, he, that doesn't mean he wins every rep, but I think sure. he's looked good. You know? And I think, I think Sadiq again, I say the last day and a half has looked better. But yeah, he's improvement got, is what you're looking for, and he's a guy that again is one of those players that's a little up and down. You know, like some days he's really good, some days he's not good, and it, that, that consistency kind of varies between reps. So again, for a guy who is going into year four, like I think it's a big year for him. I think he's physically capable of doing it, but it's like how does he develop is the question. So
0: yeah, uh, what about Chris Paul?
2: I think Chris Paul's looked good, you know, I think he's looked really good. He's looked like he's matured a little bit. He's more confident. He's running faster. Like last year, I felt like there was like a little bit of a hitch. And you know, when you talk to guys on the team and when you watch him play, he has extremely strong hands. So some of the stuff that John does to Sadiq, he cannot do to Chris because Chris is just throwing out these, like these meat cleavers that just seem to kind of just, I don't know, just be like magnets for human bodies. Like it's crazy how strong he is. So, um, you think, still... Do you
0: think he can push Sadiq for the starting job? I Is that still on the table? I do.
2: I do. I do think that. Okay. I think that's a. the more I watch him, the more I think that's a real thing. Because I think he's developed a lot. I think he's in better shape. Um, again, the strength, the confidence seems to be better. Um, I think that's definitely something. And I, I think they're kind of even right now. You know, at least in my mind, I think Sadiq probably gets the nod because he's got a little bit more experience. And I think he's a little bit better of an athlete. But I think that's something that by week, two or three a training camp if they're splitting reps i wouldn't be like oh my god you know what i mean so yeah
0: that could be a baltimore practice story for sure Sure, uh, the right, joint yeah. practice one yeah. uh all right center gates how's he doing
2: i think gates has done a great job i mean he's there's a lot on his plate in terms of getting stuff called protections and runs i feel like he's done a good job he's he's physical i think he you know he had a lost a big fill the other day like you know, that happens. It's pads, yeah. whatever, no pads on. Uh, but I think um, I think he looks settled in. Like I said, I think, you know, just kind of moving down the line. Cosme, again, athletically, he flashes. Like, it's – I think he's learning the physicality of guard, which is another reason why you're always like, can attack tackle move to guard? Because it's just a different physical beast. Right, you're you know? playing in a phone booth. Yeah, and then I think Wiley, like, in the team run period, both, both him and Wiley, uh, Cosme and Wiley, like, you see – what makes them kind of special is that they can move their feet really well and they can get guys covered up. And I'd say they're, they were one of the big reasons why, um, the run period went so well is because they're, they can get guys covered up. They can move well. Their double teams are violent and physical. They can get guys out of there. So, um, you know, obviously he's going against Montez and I think Montez right now is the best edge rushing edge pass rusher on the edge. And so that's, a tough day every single day. And I, like I said, I think Montez has added some stuff to the bag. So, um, you know, again, that's something I'm watching, but, um, I think he's a pro. I think EB knows how to use him. I think he knows he's got some stuff to kind of help him mature as a pass protector. Is he going to be the best right tackle in football? No, but is he going to be fine? I think fine is what you're looking for on offensive line. So.
0: And then rookie check
2: Stromberg Daniels. Stromberg I think has looked pretty good. You know like it's he's so I'll say this, the second offensive line which is Cornelius mm-hmm. number 60 who's the XFL guy playing guard, Stromberg and left guard is Chris Paul, left tackle is Foster I believe, number 73. That group has played well the last two days. They they've done a really nice job. So um got what is the guy's name 60? He's actually been a pleasant surprise. You know he's a converted tackle playing guard. He's a big man, good Wait, and pro. Which number you say is? Number 60.
0: Yeah, Jared Jones Smith is somewhere yes. in 60.
2: So he's actually done it. I've been impressed with him. Like he was a guy that I thought, no way, he makes the team during rookie minicamp. And then now I'm like, you know, maybe there's a good rotational guard piece there or a practice squad guy, you know? Um, so that's something to keep an eye on in terms of the last couple days. Um, Daniels is interesting because he's going against like the threes and. Mm-hmm some of those technical deficiencies still show up. Um, you know, he's a very raw kind of developmental guy He flashes occasionally, but I'd say most of it, his work is, you know, he's got to work on some stuff and we'll see how that goes over the next couple of weeks. Cause that's what you see in training camp, right? You see like you know, some young guys step up and they improve a lot and some guys just kind of stay the same and they're on practice squad. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at with him.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, he's going to be a borderline guy and you know, for a fourth rounder, you'd like to have a guy who safely is going to make the roster. But sure, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
0: take man podcast from odyssey sports that's logan paulson i am craig hoffman uh don't forget make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because now we're coming into your feed more frequently bonus episodes on the quote-unquote off days i guess they're not really off days if we're giving you an episode but little quick five minute hits uh answering your questions which you can leave not only on YouTube, at 106.7 The Fan, or at Craig Hoffman, but you can leave his reviews. Uh, we're checking the reviews on Apple Podcasts as well. So basically, anyway, you can get in touch with us. You get us a question. Uh, we might answer it on a, on a bonus episode that you get if you are subscribed to this podcast. All right, Logan, last but not least, talked a lot about what's going on inside going on outside uh yeah. we've seen emmanuel forbes have a have a pick six because of course we have uh, we've seen terry McLaren uh burn emmanuel forbes because of course we have yeah. uh, we've seen Dotson make some plays we've seen uh cam curl uh he had another pick today actually on dotson so we, we've started to see this mm. these you know outside battles really heat up it's really fun there's so much talent uh overarching themes big takeaways emerging patterns what you got
2: yeah i mean i think um You know, Jahan looks like Jahan. He's like very, you know, he's catching three or four balls of practice. He's catching a kind of a varied route tree. Um, You know, he's got that great route running savvy, which is awesome. Uh, Logan Thomas is the other guy that sticks out to me in that Mm pass catching group. You know, he just, just doing a great job, man. Like really understanding zones, making contested catches. A guy that I, again, like we've talked about him in OTA. He's kind of continued his OTA progression to now. And, you know, I'm excited to see what he brings because he seems to have a really good, like, Kelsey-esque feel for the offense. Meaning, like, you know, there's a level of flexibility that Kelsey has in the offense to kind of make the concept right. And not everybody can do that because they can't think of football in that way. And I think Logan Thomas has shown that ability. Um, you know, uh, Uh, Curtis Samuel has only had like one big catch. I think it was on Friday. It was nice route, kind of in a isolation situation. Good job. Um, Cole Turner, I think is a guy that's done a nice job and very consistent and a guy that I think is moving way better. Looks kind of like the most athletic kind of freak of the group is Curtis Hodges. Like he's doing some stuff from a route running standpoint that is very, very high level in terms of stems and releases. And the thing with him is he's not finishing plays the way he needs to finish plays. Like he's had some nice catches, but he's also had some drops. And I think if he wants to make that varsity and kind of be that mismatch weapon, like he's winning one-on-ones versus second string corners, you know, and that's tough to do for tight ends. He's, you know, no one can really match up with him, but he's got to finish the play. So that's the tight end room. Um, then I think receivers like Jahan has been like excellent. Terry's been a little quiet. Obviously, there's like there was an explosive play a couple of days ago. Diami is a guy that he's has had
0: an awesome couple of shown days. up.
2: And I think one of the things about Diami that always kind of bothered me is that he didn't finish plays. So like you run a nice route, you get some separation, you drop the ball, and he's had a couple that have been maybe out of bounds or whatever. But he's come down with the ball, and to me, that's showing progress and progression and improvement in a way that gets me excited for him as the fourth guy. Dax Mills has been absolutely crushing in like a very Dax Mills type of way, like this super savvy slot route runner who understands leverages and zones and can create space. He's been very impressive in terms of third and fourth guys for a receiver battle. And then the backs, man, like your boy, Brian Robinson, has been absolutely balling, catching the football really well. Yeah. running excellent routes
0: like. i feel like that's in some ways the story of camp like there's a lot of stuff that's happening and we're obviously getting to this 36 minutes 37 minutes into the podcast but like in many ways the story of camp is like holy crap brian robinson can do that Yeah. and like he's running routes from everywhere he looked like there's been a couple of times where there's been explosive plays down the field like pass plays down the field and you're like who was the receiver that was Robinson? Right, yeah, Like, he looks tall, he's lean, Like, but he's still powerful. Like, yeah. I am... I did not know... And I don't know, like, you, you watched the college tape. Yeah. Like, he didn't do this stuff at Alabama, as far as I know.
2: Well, the thing with him is, like, he could do it. Like, when you watched him, like, when you watched his pass cut up, it was like, mm-hmm. he catches... He doesn't, like fight the ball, he doesn't drop a ton of balls. Sure.
0: But that's not running routes from the slot or outside right. or, or you know, but Hey yeah, that, just line him up at receiver.
2: I think there was like this like this perception of him that he couldn't do that stuff because he was big and because he just didn't do it in college. But like if a guy is as natural catcher as he was in college, you're always like there's always a possibility. And right mm-hmm. now I quite quite frankly, I think he's running better routes and he's catching the football a little bit better than Antonio Gibson at the moment, you know, which is kind of crazy to say. And I know Gibson's the explosive guy, but like b route had a choice the other day, which is kind of that route that every offense in the NFL runs where it's like, I can go in, I can go out, I can kind of take a slant angle. And he diced up the linebacker. And I was like, I did not, that's, I, I knew you could catch the football. I knew that, but that short area, suddenness, the feel for the route to set that up, that was pretty cool. And so, if he keeps doing that, man, like he's going to get a lot of touches in the past game, I think, because that's, again, a, a kind of a mismatch weapon if he's in the game. So, <clears throat> I think um, I've been super impressed with him. I think we've kind to cut maybe young receivers. Um, the uh, Casimir Allen is kind of getting some burn with that second group. Uh, yeah, he's
0: starting to flash a little bit.
2: Yeah, flash a little bit. And then, number 18 from Minnesota State, I Jalen don't Jalen Sample. Yeah, he's actually looked good. And as a guy that can kind of sneak around and maybe make the roster. And I like the other guys a lot, but they just haven't flashed the same way. You know, they've got deficiencies in their game. So um Bryce so
0: Good. I was gonna say there's there's a couple other receivers though, specifically two, that come with uh EB from Kansas That's City that point. I think are interesting. Yeah. Marcus Kemp, uh, we're nineteen if you're going out to camp. Byron Pringle, we're sixteen if you're out there watching. Um You know Pringle. Pringle's made a couple of plays, had a couple of touchdowns. Kemp hasn't done as much, but he's known as like a special teams guy. When I did my roster projection, which spoiler alert, our little bonus episode that I referenced earlier is going to be a look at a little, a very brief look at at what the fifty three could look like. Um, When I did my roster projection, I actually put both those guys on because I think that the value of those positions is special teams. Like if you're the fifth receiver with the top four ahead of you, like you're not playing a ton of receiver. Um, So I don't know what Jalen sample is for instance, as a, as as a special teams guy. um, But I know what Marcus Kemp is and he's one of the better guys in the league, at least reputationally. Um, Byron Pringle, same kind of thing, where like he's got some special teams value, and he obviously knows the offense. And you know, if all of a sudden someone goes down and you need someone who knows the offense, do you trust the undrafted rookie with a little bit more upside, or do you trust the right. guy that's been with Eric Bieniemy for a couple years and and is not going to screw up a route uh, on on a key down? And so I I put those guys right. on, and I think Pringle specifically has made a couple yeah. of plays that tend, tends Pringle, to warrant sure. it more, um, but. The question becomes, like, how much do you value know how? How much do you value teams versus the upside? And also, you get into questions of, you know, can I get that guy through to the practice squad? And for, you know, guys that were undrafted free agents, you think that's probably not going to be a problem.
2: Right. And I think uh, I'm glad you brought up Pringle because he's a guy that is definitely flash. And I think if I had to say the best receivers from camp in terms of production, you know, obviously Terry's going to make the team, Curtis is going to make the team, but Jahan's been very productive um Dax is very productive the has been very productive and then I think it's Pringle is the next guy right so like to me if I was going to just offer receiver play those are the guys that I'm selecting and I think um Tate is no Kemp is probably outside looking in um at least as of right now and things can change and I also think partially because of how good the young tight ends have done I think those guys are kind of essentially big wide receivers that Right, kind of has have a similar skill set to him, and so if you're trying to save a roster spot, that gives you some flexibility in terms of manipulating defensive from a personnel standpoint, maybe. But you know, obviously, like I said, you know, Curtis, for how good as he's looked in certain situations, hasn't been finishing the plays. And I will say, Kemp, when he gets the ball thrown to him, he's he's got a little bit more. Um, I hate this expression but a little more dog to him when the ball's in the air like he's just a guy who's played NFL football you know and he understands like there's an urgency when the ball's in the air to, to make that to make that play so um I could see them going that that way if they if they wanted to or if they had to so um but right now the the best six in my opinion are Pringle uh Milne um De'Ami, and then the top three obviously so yeah. am I forgetting somebody I- no,
0: no. Yeah. I mean, Tremaine's made plays. Sample's made plays. Like, there's been guys who have made plays that are farther down. It's just hard to justify that over guys who have NFL special teams experience. Um, and I or, think- like, a guy like Milne who brings in that, that Savvy, Savvy and has made some catches, you know, big spots before. I don't know. Milne, Milne to me is uh, – It's tough, it, but he's he's yeah. been
2: so productive. Like, it's crazy. He has, like-
0: but, like, you, you remember – I don't even know if you were covering the team at the time. No, you weren't. You were still playing and you were elsewhere. Trey Quinn. Um, was a guy who was here. Yeah, like yeah. he was awesome in camp because he had really precise route running ability, and he's super smart. And Jay loved him. And then yeah. he get out there in games, and it was just a little bit too fast. And like, yeah. I feel like Milne is that guy.
2: But I also feel like right now, at least what I've seen from him, he's taken like uh he's matured a little bit as a route runner. Like this no. offense fits him better than the last offense, which was like very vertically based. Yeah. Here I feel like he can use some of his savvy, find the space. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned Bryson Tremaine. Like he played gunner in college, you know, and I know if you show some stuff as a gunner, like like that's a really good and way. And they to need one because
0: Cam Sims is, is right. gone.
2: And I don't think – and I think Sample will probably get an opportunity to play gunner. He's been a little bit more t- productive than Bryson Tremaine. Like he's kind of playing with the twos a little bit more. But I do think that um, those guys, because of that gunner ability – Maybe you sneak in as a seventh guy. It seems unlikely, but maybe, you know, yeah. like just well, once sp-
0: also like we mentioned Casimir Allen, like yeah, he, Allen, he's
2: flashing a little bit. Yeah, too does
0: still. Allen take Milne's spot because he's more explosive as a punt returner? Like these are the, yeah, these are the things that we'll obviously be talking about as we go down. Um, I want to circle back to Terry real quick. Yeah. Um, a couple of us were joking on the sideline the other day, uh, at practice after Terry made the big play and it's like, Oh, there's Terry. Haven't really heard a lot from him, but of cool. course, there he is. He just shows up, makes a big play. And last year, last couple of years, it's kind of like, oh, the commanders are down. And whoever it was said, like, you know, announcer in the third quarter goes, oh, the commanders are down 17-0. They need a big play. Oh, there's McLaren, his first catch of the day. And it's like, yeah. how many times have we heard that? And then you just go, why can't this guy get the ball more? And are, are you at all concerned that that is – going to happen again or is this just the nature of camp and you know too early to even sniff around that being a, a thought
2: yeah I mean that's something I've been kicking around a little bit I think um, you know Terry is is a good football player I'm not trying to, to besmirch Terry or anything like that but I do think in terms of route running nuance like this offense seems to favor guys who are very nuanced route runners and what I mean by that is <clears throat> you're talking about guys who Understand how to work stems, work different velocities of the route, work double sticks at the top, and I think Terry is a guy who runs every route very, very hard. And that's not always the best way to create separation and, and get open, especially in this offense. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for him with regards to like how he can mature in a, in a different offense. And I think he's perfectly capable of doing that. But um, I think they're going to find ways to get him touches. I think he's got to challenge himself to get better, and I think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. I think I think there's a reason why you see Jahan being getting more targets, more effective targets in this offense as of right now because he's a little bit more diverse in terms of his route is his route tree and route running skill set. If does, does that make sense? What I'm saying?
0: Hundred yeah. percent. And it's something where Terry's very open to being coached he's yeah. t- he's talked about that with eb and we saw it um the practice we, we've referenced this on the pod i referenced yeah. it on the radio show there was a play where he he actually made the catch on forbes but it was way harder than it needed to be because the route wasn't run super precisely and yeah. eb called him over and was like hey man this this is how you make that better how you make that easier and if it's not a diving catch and you get to catch it standing up maybe you get to." Run downfield, and you know you're yeah. you're your after the after the catch skills. Um, we did see the one reverse um, to him already, which yeah. we know is going to be a part of this offense. And you know anyone who's watched Kansas City knows that they'll they'll get the ball to anybody, any way, anytime, as long as they're dangerous. So uh, that's not exactly giving away a schematic advantage. So at some point, <laughs> at some point, they're going to get the ball to Terry as quickly as possible. Yeah, and right. Try to run. Um, you know how? Who knows? But we'll see. Um, but I, I do think that's the kind of thing where that's the test for Terry this year is like, can you, can you take that next step as a receiver um, and, and have that nuanced ability, learn to slow it down so that you can speed it up uh, all the things that Jahan kind of has a, a natural ability to do yeah. Um, anything else on the DBs you want to hit on before we get gotcha. out of here. I
2: mean, that should be like a whole thing. Um, yeah, I know it's, <laughs> it's hard to,
0: I'm sorry to do this to you at the end because they've been awesome. I, yeah, I think that's the overarching should. thing. Like the, yeah. the, the defensive backs have been so, so, so good all across the board they're rotating them a ton and it seems like no matter who's playing where they're all good
2: yeah i think that's that's a fair analysis especially that first group they've just done a really nice job and in first group i'm going to put quan in there because he gets some rotational stuff in there but if there's one guy that i just want to highlight it's uh it's Cam curl uh because i think he uh he seems to be kind of getting his hands on the football a little bit more you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's another pick today that he has not done as well like he's a good football player like you know we i got Cam curl pajamas you know he's he's, he's on my <laughs> wall you know like the poster or whatever uh but he's never he's never been like a turnover guy yeah. and so i think if he's going to get national recognition if he's going to get paid for him to come out and kind of show already that he's seeing the ball he's taking a little bit more risks he's being a little bit more dynamic they're they're getting him out of that box roll a little bit into that post role um seemingly you know like and again he does everything so it's hard to know if that's just on the day or if that's something that's longitudinal going to be going on but he's a guy that i think deserves a ton of credit like he's just he's made i think that's his third interception in the training camp so yeah. um he had one in seven on seven against uh, a couple of days ago maybe the second maybe i'm counting I think, the fourth but, I right. a but yeah he's fun. just doing a really nice job so so kudos to him and um you know the whole group in general but i think cam deserves a little bit of a shout out <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll shout out BSJ. Um, yeah, he's played yeah, inside, yeah, he's played yeah. outside, and he's been great. Great um, hasn't really given up anything. He's consistently gotten his hands on, like you know, not, not necessarily picks, but like he's knocked down a couple of balls. Like he's he's had a really good camp and had so and far. kind of
2: varied coverages and understanding his yeah. length. And you can see a maturity there. Yeah, I definitely BSJ deserves a shout out for sure. Yeah,
0: um, it's gonna be interesting to see how they use him because Kendall's been good, Forbes been good, yeah. um, and he was so good last year. Um, but here we are. Uh, we'll see what they do. And sometimes, unfortunately, knock on wood, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud because now people are going to get mad at me if it happens. But sometimes these things sort themselves out because injuries happen, you know, whatever, Jesus. whatever happened. I mean, look, I've, I mean, I just, I've been around this team long enough that there's been like this question at corner before. And, you know, this guy gets hurt and now it's like, oh, well, now we know how we're going to line it up. Um, right. So it's, it's good to see. The positive is it's good to see that all these guys are super flexible and what they can do. They're all excelling at every position because it seems like they'll be ready for anything barring something crazy, crazy happening. Um, And that's, that's what you want to see this time of year. And then hopefully they have tough decisions to make because everyone's healthy and available and uh, they just got to figure out how to line it up.
2: And if you're one of those guys who came in for DB only content, I guess we'll talk about them on Wednesday in more detail.
0: For sure. (laughs) Um, I will say something too interesting. People should check out my interview with Kendall Fuller um, from After Practice the other day. And something that Kendall talked about that just shows the intelligence of this group. I asked him, I was like, do you have to pay attention to who's next to you? Right? Because you're, you know, you got all these pieces moving around. You pretty much stayed outside, but... And it seems like every other down, someone new is in the slot. Someone new is playing safety. He's like, yeah, for sure. Because sure. they've all got different tendencies. They all play different ways. Sure. He mentioned Jeremy Reeves is like a guy that sees the game very similar to him, but they don't actually get a lot of reps together. Uh-huh. So it, it was, it was super interesting to listen to Kendall talk about that. And, You know, you want to make things as simple as possible for your guys defensively. But because this group is made of such smart football players and they can all seemingly play off each other, it's going to be fun to watch them mix and match personnel because if they can handle all the different, you know, nuances of playing with each other, but quarterbacks uh, and receivers going against them don't really understand how a coverage might be played a little different. Like that's a huge advantage just based on personnel uh, when we get into the season. All right, uh, that is the show for today. Our last show without pads. Next time, Logan and I will be wearing shoulder pads on the podcast. Uh, now, practice practice starts on Tuesday with pads, uh, so we'll have definitely a review of kind of how the O line, D line uh, dynamic shifts. Uh, we can definitely talk about the DBs more at length later this week. Um, other than that, I know I don't know exactly who I'm talking to, but the PR staff has told me I've had a I'll have a, a nice sit down interview with someone tomorrow mm-hmm. at camp. So. Uh, Make sure that you are not just subscribed here to Take Command, but to the Hoffman Show podcast feed for that. Or just, you know, check us out live on the radio, 4 to 7, each and every day on the Team 980. And Logan and I will be back with more content tomorrow and then full episode on Wednesday. Uh, That's it. And that's all for this edition of Take Command. And we'll see you then and there, wherever it is that you choose to pick up our voices from all the zillion places I just said.